Today we look at a passage that most people have heard of, or at least heard portions of. In our passage from Matthew chapter 5 today, Jesus starts his Sermon on the Mount with the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes is that list of characteristics that each begins with, Blessed are, which in a few translations it will sometimes read, happy are. And it does not matter, however, which, which of those two you're familiar with, whether it be blessed or happy, when you actually look at the text, it seems difficult to believe that anyone facing the conditions listed would feel as if they are blessed or happy. In this particular time, this in the the life of Christ, Jesus has been in his public ministry for a while. He's been in public ministry long enough that he's got a good number of followers in addition to those disciples which he called. And as he walks through the region, he teaches and he heals, and as a result, he's got a great multitude following him. As our passage for today begins we get a few interesting notes included by Matthew. Jesus goes up on the mountain, sat down, and he opened his mouth. Now these seemingly small inclusions are subtle ways of signaling the reader that Jesus is even greater than he seems. We've seen before in other passages that Moses was a foreshadowing of Jesus in many ways. And what did Moses do before declaring the will of God? He went up on the mountain where he received God's message for the people. Matthew's statement that Jesus has gone up on the mountain in order to teach is a way of saying Jesus is about to give the people a message from God. But the message from Jesus was not a list of rules to follow. It was how God will care for the hurting, care for the faithful, care for those seeking God's peace. Matthew then includes, and Jesus sat down. This reflects the fact that all of the different schools of the day, all of the wise teachers who each had disciples, sat to teach. The teacher would sit and all of the followers, the the disciples, would gather around in order to hear what was about to be taught. So in saying Jesus sat down, Matthew is placing Jesus in that realm of wise teacher. But instead of a few disciples gathered around, Jesus has this amazing multitude. We have a message here that The message of Jesus transcends that which Moses gave. And we have wisdom and disciples beyond that what the Romans and Greeks had. And in the way the literature of the day would express that a person with true authority was speaking, Matthew says, and Jesus opened his mouth. Not 
Jesus said, not Jesus began to speak, because that's not how the authors of the day would indicate authority. Instead, Matthew uses the same words as all of the secular writers to indicate this person really knows what he's talking about and you have to listen with the words, and he opened his mouth. In the same way, every great leader and teacher who taught and spoke with absolute authority, the same way their teachings and their proclamations were recorded in the time. So here we have in two short verses, Matthew signaling to everyone who read his work would understand we've got a message that transcends that which Moses gave. We have wisdom and disciples beyond what the Romans and the Greek had and that Jesus speaks with absolute authority. This introduction that seems just a bit of extra detail is actually written to compel the reader to read further and pay close attention. What is that message? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Do we recognize our own poverty, our need for Jesus? This may seem to be a strange question, but for many who are going to church in any particular Sunday, in any particular congregation, any particular denomination, all across the spectrum of Christianity, going to church, the study of the Bible, time in prayer, receiving the sacraments, for too many people, these are all optional activities. The poor in spirit realize that they need God and seek God to fill their souls with His grace. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. When we mourn the loss of friends, family, and spouses, and turn our grief to God, asking for His grace and for His comfort, God hears our pleas. The day will come, the Bible says, that God will wipe away every tear, and sorrow shall be no more. When we have... Holy sorrow, mourning over the offenses, the sins that we have committed and seek God in that mourning. He sees our repentance and forgives us our sins. So whether it is mourning in our life for the losses that we have sustained, mourning over the sins that we have committed and the recognition of how we've disappointed God, God will comfort those that mourn. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And there's a common illustration of meekness, of being like the well-trained horse, that meekness is power under control. None of us can force a horse to do anything. And when I was working my way through college, I used to shoe horses I'll say that more clearly because some people think that I say shoot when I say shoe, but shoe, placing the steel shoes on their hooves. And the one thing I can tell you is you can't force a horse to do anything. They are much bigger, stronger, and faster than we are. But the horse will submit itself to the rider. This is power under control. This is an illustration of what it means to be meek. 
The person who demands his or her way, the one who insists on personal advancement, the one who will not tolerate any offense, the one who does these things is not meek. He or she may win for a while, but their time will be cut short because somebody else who's bigger or stronger or faster will push them out of place. But blessed are the meek, those that use their power under control, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Too many people are dissatisfied in their lives and in their work. They question its value. And Jesus says to be, to be, to be satisfied, you hunger and you thirst after righteousness. Well, what is righteousness? It is to be like God. Do you hunger? Do you thirst? Do you crave as if your life depends on it to be like God, to be Christ-like? When you see a lack of just care for others, do you hunger and thirst? Do you crave for it to be made right? Do you seek after that which will make your life and the world better? Do you seek and work for God's kingdom to come and His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven? We pray it every time we celebrate the liturgy. We need to act on that hunger. Act on that thirst. Strive for the righteousness of God in all that you do and you will be satisfied in your striving for you'll recognize its higher purpose. Blessed are they who hunger and strive for righteousness for you will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. A quick Look at the Lord's Prayer and Jesus' comment immediately after He taught it to the disciples is telling. And let us, excuse me, and forgive us our trespasses, also known as sins, as we forgive them that trespass sin against us. And this is the most straightforward of all petitions we place before God the Father when praying the Lord's Prayer. It's the most straightforward because Jesus immediately explains it. We may understand the rest and there, or excuse me, we may misunderstand the rest of the Lord's Prayer. And there may be in that misunderstanding some wiggle room because Jesus doesn't go on to explain any of the rest of it. But this particular clause when that moment when we are asking for forgiveness, there is no room for error because Jesus, as soon as He finishes teaching the disciples how to pray, He explains that one clause plainly. For if you forgive others their trespass, their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, their sins, neither will the Father forgive your trespasses. Likewise, Peter in his first epistle writes, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace 
Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength of God's supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong the glory, the dominion, forever and ever. Amen. Do you want to receive mercy? It's a real simple thing. Show mercy to others. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Every day that we walk through the world, our hearts, our souls are attacked. We do not even notice because it's so pervasive. Little things that add up by chipping away at us. Thousands of tiny lies that we hear over and over again that make us doubt, forget, and outright reject the truth of God. In reply, every day we must examine our lives. We must confess where we have sinned against God. We must ask Him to refresh us, to purify us, to take away those impurities that the world hurls against us. By keeping purity a priority, we shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are they that will not tolerate discord, will not allow conflict, who strive to bring people to reconciliation. Because that is what Jesus did. Reconcile humanity with God the Father. Those following the Son of God, Jesus, those following Jesus' example in helping bring unity out of disunity, accord out of discord, peace out of conflict, will be like Jesus sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. People don't recognize this fact, but it is true. We live in an era that is experiencing a level of persecution against Christians that exceeds that of any other age. All around the world, Christians are dying for their faith. The newspaper, The Guardian... A rather liberal paper not necessarily prone to defending Christianity has even declared it to be at genocidal levels in some parts of the world. These Christian martyrs who are captured, tortured, and killed for their faith in Christ are ushered into the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets before you. On a smaller level, on a more local level, where you don't necessarily see those cases of martyrdom, that are occurring so frequently in other parts of the world. Here, where our faith is not so violently opposed, there still is a form of persecution. Again, it is a small chipping away. An attempt through a variety of societal pressures to cause us to be silent about our faith. In that silence, we deny Christ in our life. And Jesus makes clear when he speaks to the apostles that anyone who denies him before men, he will deny before the Father. Never deny. Never be silent. 
But as the Bible says, even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fears of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And here's where a lot of Christians sadly get it wrong, particularly on Facebook. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Having good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, so that He might bring us to God. Reading the Beatitudes can leave the reader with a bit of disbelief. How can you truly feel blessed or happy when it seems so many wrongs are occurring against you? And therefore, I pray that this review and taking a look at each of those clauses has helped helped you see them in a greater, in a deeper, and a more meaningful light. And that that it motivates you. That you do not continue to simply read the Beatitudes. Instead, strive to live the Beatitudes. For blessed are they that do. Amen.